time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by Erna Barry, the trusted source for benchmark pricing in the food and agriculture industry for over 160 years. The company has successfully completed an independent review of its price reporting methodology and control processes, confirming Erna Barry's processes are aligned with the International Organization of Securities Commission's principles for price reporting agencies. Call 732-240-5330 or go to earnaberry.com to register for a free demonstration. Thanks, Lauren. Our top story today is that the USDA is throwing dollar-dollar bills at seafood processors. <laughs> so the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced last week that they are investing approximately $50 million in grants to support seafood processors, processing facilities, and processing vessels through the Seafood Processors Pandemic Response and Safety Block Grant Program. Jenny Lester Moffitt, the USDA Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, said in a statement that the agency is working with agricultural and food businesses to ensure that, following the pandemic disruptions, they have the resources and tools to continue building more and better markets and to thrive in 2022 and beyond. Moffat explained that the funding will serve as a bridge, providing relief to an industry that was greatly affected by the pandemic, as well as the resulting changes in consumer demand. The program is being funded by the pandemic assistance provided in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 and will be distributed through state agencies. The following states will be receiving funding, Alabama, Alaska, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Oregon, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Washington, and the territory of the American Samoa. Bravo. Did you think, did you think about me listing all these states? You could have just said, you know, how many is that? When you write the script, you have the power. <laughs> I gave you the power today. I, you sh- I should have done it to the tune of that Animaniac song that lists all the, the states. Of all those states listed, Alaska is receiving the largest amount of funding at nearly $30.7 million. Louisiana is receiving the second highest amount at $4.2 million. In other news, the total run for this year's Wild Copper River Sockeye return is 1.4 million salmon, 34% below the recent 10-year average from 2012 to 2021 of 2.16 million fish. That size run means a total commercial harvest of 716,000 salmon after about 212,000 landed by recreational fishermen. In addition to the mid-May run of sockeyes in the Copper River, a much larger than average return of sockeyes is expected at the Coghill River in Prince William Sound this summer. ADF&G forecasts 414,000 salmon returning to the Coghill River, about 110% above the 10-year average of 197,000 salmon. Subtracting escapement for spawning of 30,000 fish, ADF&G predicts a harvest of 384,000 sockeyes in northwest Prince William Sound. ADF&G sent a press release earlier this month that the Copper River Chinook prediction will be announced at a later date. Meanwhile, for Prince William Sound Pink Salmon, ADF&G estimates 5.04 million wild pinks will be returning this summer, 36% above the recent 10 even-year average. 
Meanwhile, for Prince William Sound Pink Salmon, ADF&G estimates 5.04 million, while pinks will be returning this summer, 36% above the recent 10 even-year average pink, uh, Prince William Sound wild pink salmon total run of nearly 3.7 million fish. Subtracting the midpoint of the even-year sustainable escapement goal, uh, 783,500 pinks, from the total run forecast results in a harvest point estimate of 4.25 million wild pinks. Uh, add to that an estimated 8.3 million pink return to Prince William Sound Aquaculture Corporation hatcheries and the as-yet-unannounced return forecast from the Valdez Fisheries Development Association. The 2022 chum forecast for Prince William Sound is cause for concern, again with a total run estimated at 332,000 chum salmon, 29% below the recent 10-year average Prince William Sound wild chum salmon total run of 467,000 fish. That level of return results in a harvest point estimate of 132,000 wild chums. Prince William Sound Aquaculture Corporation is also forecasting an estimated 3.1 million chum returning this summer. And moving along, 2021 was a banner year for Maine lobster value as recent data from the Maine Department of Marine Resources shows the fishery hit nearly $725 million in landed value. The Department of Maine Resources noted that the value for the fishery jumped 75% from 2020 the largest increase in value year over year. The increase in value from last year, $312 million, was more than the total landed in 2009. Governor Janet Mills said in a statement that the Maine lobster industry remains a cornerstone of our state's coastal economy and identity because of the uncompromising commitment to quality that follows every lobster from trap to table. Mills said that she will continue to work tirelessly to support this vital Maine heritage industry. Alongside the record value, the fishery was able to continue its 12-year run of landings close to or above 100 million pounds. In 2021, the fishery landed a little over 108 million pounds, increasing by more than 10 million pounds over 2020, an increase of more than 10%. The Portland Press-Herald reported that the 2021 total, uh, landings total was the third lowest total in the past decade. Still, one lobsterman told the publication that strong boat prices made lobstermen push hard to land products. The production said, uh, the, sorry, the publication said that the average price per pound was six dollars and seventy-one cents in twenty twenty-one, nearly two dollars higher than the year prior. Meanwhile, in snow crab news, the market out of Canada, similar to other crab species, looks to have downward pricing pressure on both five to eights and eight and ups. Lower offers have been collected, and the market has been trending lower over the past few weeks. Market participants report that buyer needs currently appear to be fulfilled. Demand further along the distribution chain has slowed the past several weeks. And minus the week of January 22nd, where we did see retail promotions or buying opportunities surpass last year's promotions and three-year average, we have been seeing buying opportunities for snow crab much lower than the three-year average. Currently, the week of promotions for February 19th is 30% lower than the three-year average and is also 40% lower than the same time period in 2021. In addition to lower retail features, average retail price for snow crab clusters are 54.1% higher than the three-year average and 53.9% higher than the level seen the same week last year. Year-to-date, we saw a similar trend for promotions listed from the beginning of the year through the week of February 19th. Buying opportunities are down 16.9% from 2021. The average retail price is up 63.6%. 
Supply of snow crab in the U.S. market is reported to be adequate at this time and either in balance to above where the current demand level is. This is a change from previous years where market participants reported buyers were actively looking for product and the market was described as starved in some cases. 2022 does not look to be in the same situation. Imports of snow crab totaled 140 million pounds in 2021, 10.3% higher than 2020. Imports out of Canada ended 2021 12% higher with 88.2 million pounds entering the U.S. market. Russia ended the year slightly lower, down 1.3% for the year with 41.4 million pounds imported. Ernerberry Mark reporter Jenna Schreiber notes that as we enter the second half of February, a discussion about the Canadian openings will increase drastically. As of our analysis posted late last week, there have been no quota announcements and ice coverage in the Gulf is reported to be heavy. However, the situation will be very fluid over the next several weeks. Out of Alaska, with a quota down almost 90% to about 5 million pounds, Alaska Department of Fish and Game is reporting 56% of the quota is caught. Arnerberry and Seafood News will be watching this situation closely, so stay tuned. And finally, the plant-based world is getting very creative. Aquacultured Foods, an alternative seafood company that is creating products through microbial fermentation, has unveiled their first product, calamari fries. Okay, so we have the photos of the product. (laughs) You're very excited about this, is it? Yes, I am. (laughs) No, I think I I brought some level of excitement and you were just like, okay. 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 So listen. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it is exciting. Uh, I don't think this takes away from from squid or you know regular calamari in general. I'm, I think um, I don't know if you remember, but like over the summer, it was so hard to find calamari on menus. Um, so I think it's nice to be able to introduce an alternative. I don't think you could. Convert- and if you did get it, it was like you know very large rings, not a lot of you know mixed assortment in there it's yeah no so I, I think it's i think it's good to have an alternative place and not that you know you could completely replace it but it's just nice to have other options out there and if you look at the photos that are on seafood news um we have photos of the unbreaded and uncooked product and it it looks like real squid it's it's pretty it really cool. does no, but the calamari alternative, it contains approximately 80 calories, uh, 15 to 20 grams of protein, and 10 to 12 grams of fiber, and it's got no sodium, uh, no saturated fat, no cholesterol. Um, the fermentation technology that is used to create the product gives it a realistic appearance, taste, and texture. You know, we can't can't vouch for the, the taste and texture, but I, I, swear, I swear you look at it and it's... Not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would love to wa- try it on our watch us eat, but um, just by the... By the photo along, like alone, if you show me that and then a picture of squid, you know, cut up and ready for calamari, I would, I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference. Um, but according to the company, this is the first whole muscle cut sushi quality seafood alternative. So like I said, if you haven't seen the photos already, look it up on Seafood News. Uh, use a search tool to look up alternative proteins or alternative seafood. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so watch out for for uh, our next watch a seat opportunity because I would like to try this. Um, but of course, the product is still in early stages. The company said that the calamari fries will be available through strategic partners later this year. And CEO Ann Palermo explained that they're now moving on an accelerated timeline from the R&D stage to commercialization and that their focus will now be on scaling up and forming strategic alliances, maybe with us, and go-to-market partners such as restaurant chains. Very cool. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.